Should I start with it's Thursday night and we're not done yet? Yeah, that's good. Okay. It's the Do Politics Better podcast. I'm Brian Lewis. And I'm Sky David. It's Thursday night and it's not over yet. By the time you're listening to this podcast, we will be on the last day of session if you listen to it on Friday morning. If you listen to it after that, hopefully it is done. Yeah, I hope so. If you're listening to it on Saturday. I want to start at the top and say that I advocated to not record until session was over. Mm-hmm. But you know how it is. The big wigs at your corporation, <laughs> they just beat down your neck and you have to do whatever they want. We tell our listeners this podcast drops Friday morning at midnight and we got to deliver. We can make another podcast and tell them the rest of the story of what happens on Friday. Today was so busy from beginning to end and that sums up really the whole week. The week actually did get off to a slow start. Mm -hmm. What was weird, you and I went over to the legislature on Monday and we expected it to be full of lobbyists, quiet. Yeah, very much. The Senate was supposed to hold session and they didn't have enough members to do that. So they canceled their session at like 4 or 5 p.m. and the session was supposed to be at 7. And I think that really gives you a glimpse into the organization of the session this week. Especially these last days usually are a little jumbled up, but they came back Tuesday and they laid out a plan because we did get a notice that they were going to have a press conference Tuesday at 5:30. The House and Senate leadership, they were rolling out a budget. We go into Tuesday, everybody's talking about what time is the budget coming out? I've been refreshing the page all day, blah blah blah. Same thing you hear every year right but then once we see the press conference we're like oh they're going to do the press conference highlight the budget and then it'll come out and the budget was released in draft form first um a reporter (laughs) released some files to it and then it was released maybe like 5 45 6 o'clock on tuesday and you see lobbyists around the General Assembly just pouring through page by page, searching these PDF documents, reporting back the status of their client's request. The thing about the budget this year, and we'd heard this for months, we're just going to amend last year's budget. A lot of times in a short session, it feels like it's an entirely new budget. But because of inflation, other factors this year, a lot of the budget was held up in economic development projects that were trying to get to North Carolina, and also inflation, costs of capital projects that they had funded last year have significantly increased and they needed to fund those. And it truly was a short session budget. And I think a lot of this had to do with the fact that, you know, it was the first time we really had a traditional budget back in 2021. So the short session by design is to tweak that initial budget. And that's what they did. You're not going to see a lot of bells and whistles. Certainly was not a lot of expansion, if much at all. Not a lot to get excited about. Also, not a lot to get angry about. Except (laughs) one big item was missing from 
the budget. Medicaid expansion. It's been on Governor Cooper's wish list. It's on the Senate's wish list. What we've been saying for a couple weeks now, it's really interesting to see the House hold the cards. Mm -hmm. And the way this week developed was that the leadership in the House and Senate finally came to their budget negotiation Saturday night, late night Saturday night. So the staffers were there working on it after dark on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they went to the governor's mansion and talked to the governor about that. They talked to him about Medicaid expansion. And he has not yet indicated what he is going to do with the budget. But I think part of that negotiation is why we saw the House move on Medicaid expansion this week. Yeah, so in that meeting at the mansion, Phil Berger and Bill Rabin, Speaker Moore and John Bell, and then, of course, you had the minority leaders, Dan Blue and Robert Reeves. And I understand that the governor asked the Senate about their Medicaid plan and asked the House about their Medicaid plan. And <laughs> they are very, very apart on Medicaid. The budget will be approved on Friday. It'll go to the governor. There is a lot of speculation about what the governor will do. Is he going to veto it? Is he going to sign it? Or is he just going to let it lay on his desk and become law after 10 days after receiving it? There is a lot of speculation. And we saw that the state employees asked the governor to veto the bill. We, I think NCAE did as well. I haven't really seen any other statements about the governor vetoing the budget. You know, again, we're recording Thursday night. It was a pretty bipartisan vote on the budget in both chambers. Now, of course, we know that that doesn't always stick. In fact, oftentimes it does not stick. When the governor puts that veto stamp on it, a lot of Democrats come back to his side. I'm sure there will be lots of discussion about this in the coming days behind closed doors between the governor and Democratic legislators. So like I said, the House moved on Medicaid. The speaker gave a floor speech where he covered their version of Medicaid expansion this week. And he said that they are going to come back later in the year and take a vote on Medicaid expansion. That went over to the Senate. The Senate said, we're not taking up the House's plan. And the Senate essentially said, I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion on Medicaid expansion. One of the provisions that the House left out of their House version of the Medicaid bill. But was included in the Senate's version. That's right. Was the SAVE Act. And the SAVE Act is giving your advanced practice nurses, your nurse practitioners and others, they get to practice at the top of their license. Representative Gail Adcock, who has been a guest on the podcast, made an attempt at a legislative maneuver to discharge this bill out of committee, bring it to the floor, and have it heard. Now, it should be noted that on Representative Gail Adcock's bill, the SAVE Act, she has 77 sponsors of the bill, which is co-sponsors, co-sponsors which is well above what you need to pass in the House. But she was maneuvered by Speaker Moore. The Speaker moved the bill to a committee. And when that happens, the bill is referred to a different committee 
while that discharge petition was out in the ether, that means that you can't file another discharge petition for 10 days. You know, the bill has to be stagnant for 10 days. So the session's going to be over in 10 days. It essentially means the bill is dead. She questioned the speaker yesterday, Wednesday, on the floor. Uh, we had done with the house business, and she has to be recognized. And it was a very curt exchange. The speaker indulged her. He actually let her speak about the bill, but he was kind of limiting that because the bill was not before the body. But it a little moment of tension yesterday in the House. Definitely. Let's get into some bills <laughs> that were moving this week beyond Medicaid and the budget. Those are both bills. We saw a lot of action this week. If folks have been following the session you know that the Senate was, they were doing these big bills, but they came over to the House and didn't move. The House did some bills, they went over to the Senate, they didn't move. What is important to note that in 2022, sitting at the end of June, as we are, and we're about to adjourn from session for a while, and we'll get into that later, but where we are now is that the governor had only signed five bills into law until yesterday. Wow. That surprised me. I asked you this evening, I said, how many, has the governor vetoed any bills this session? And you said, there's not many bills that have even gone to his desk, but he's about to get a lot of bills this week. That's right. So as you know, if you are tuned in there, bills move in the last days of session. It is crazy. We've said before, I think on the podcast, you go to every committee because you don't know what's going to pop up in different bills. I was talking to you about this morning's bill that was about folks attending community college classes for fire training. Mm -hmm. And what was also in that bill was something to allow kids with a CDL license to deliver beer and wine. Those two things <laughs> don't go together. We saw Speaker Tim Moore over in the Senate chamber this evening. We saw Senator Bill Rabin over in the House chamber. You were seeing legislators come off the floor talking to lobbyists on the phone. Folks are trying to get things moving in these last hours, last minutes of session. I think that one of the hallmarks of session coming to a close is seeing the Senate come over to the House and the House go over to the Senate or their chiefs of staff being in the opposite chamber. It's something that maybe if you're not at the legislature a lot, you don't realize is uncommon to see. It is uncommon to see Speaker Moore on the Senate floor. And I will say I was in the Senate chamber earlier tonight when Speaker Moore was there and he was talking to Senator Berger and somebody was speaking on the floor and because Senator Berger was talking to Speaker Moore, you know, there was a delay in being recognized or something. And he said um, something to the effect of like, the, there's always a problem if the House is over here. <laughs> That's funny. You know, I haven't seen Senator Berger come over to the House, but we've been in a couple sessions where Senator Berger walks into that back door of the House chamber and no matter what you are working on as a lobbyist, every lobbyist turns and looks and everyone's getting quiet. Like, 
What's going on? What's he going to ask for? Is there going to be a trade? Yeah, fun stuff. One of the many fun things about the last week of session, and it is fun. It is. It's really fun. Like, we're really working bills at a level that we haven't before. When you get into those last moments of session, desperation comes out in all of us. Yeah, you start making deals. Legislators are like, can you change this? Yes, we can change that. Whatever you need to get a bill passed, I will do. (laughs) (laughs) One of the big bills this week was the hemp bill. Not the medical marijuana, but the hemp bill because that expires. There is a... Today. Yeah, tonight at midnight. And the governor signed it today. Yeah, so we're not going to be burning hemp out in uh, farmland. But I did find out this morning... On one of my bills that I am working on, the DAs, the Conference of District Attorneys, had an amendment on my bill unrelated, and I talked to them about it and asked what was going on with their amendment, and the lobbyist for the conference said to me, well, what legislators did was they legalized marijuana in that bill, and so we needed a technical amendment to fix it. Whoops. (laughs) Whoops. <laughs> I said, is that going to kill my bill? He said, no. <laughs> Probably is going to assure that your bill is smooth sailing. <laughs> <laughs> so with bills flying through, they're going to the governor's desk. It looks like sports wagering is dead. That's right. It looks like that and it feels like that. But again, like I said, the desperation is there from all of us. It is our job. You Even if you know your bill is probably not going to pass, you play it out, right? Mm-hmm. That is part of our job. It is what we do. And we're in the last days of session. If you can do a trick and pull your bill back up, put it into something else, we all do that. And we had heard that the sports gambling lobbyists we're still trying to work the bill as of yesterday, maybe today even. Yeah. And we had seen a couple of the leaders of the bill, the sponsors of the bill say, yeah, I think it's not going to happen. What's interesting to me this week is that, you know, Speaker Tim Moore has been pretty vocal about, hey, we're not going to send over bills to the governor just to have them vetoed. There's no reason to get into a veto fight. We were surprised this week to see Senate Bill 101 start to move over on the House side. It had passed in 2021. And this is the ICE detainer bill. It's a bill that the governor has vetoed in the last session. And all indications are he's going to veto it again, at least according to the vote, because as the bill is moving in both chambers, we're seeing very partisan votes on this. But Senator Chuck Edwards, who's running for Congress, uh, has been in committees twice this week, and the bill is moving. It looks like the General Assembly has decided to give him at least one controversial bill that will be vetoed, whether it gets overridden or not. They did not override it in 2019, but we're lo- it looks like we are headed for one of those social issue vetoes. So we talked a lot last week about sports gambling dying on the floor or failing on the floor, rather. And we talked about how uncommon 
that was. We saw something fail on the floor again today on the House floor. Yeah, I was over on the Senate side. I was doing some work over there, and you sent me a text. A bill just died in the House. And it was a close vote. I think it was, it was even. defeat. Yeah, it was defeat. Yeah, it was an even vote. So parliamentary procedure is in order for a bill to advance, it has to have 50% of those on the floor plus one. And it failed to do that. What bill was that? It's Senate Bill 201 titled Various Motor Vehicle Dealer Changes. Now, I didn't hear the debate. Did you hear the debate? I heard a little bit of the debate, and I had a legislator reach out to me about the bill. Again, we're in the last days of session, so you're doing one thing, I'm doing another thing. I'm working on a completely different topic, and I had a legislator legislator ask me about my opinion on this bill, and I said, I vaguely remember this. Like, I don't even know what we're talking about, to be honest. And I said, I'm sorry, I'm just doing something else. And then the vote was on the House floor, 55-55, and so it failed. So for a conference report, and we may have covered this in the past. Mm-hmm. We're a little tired. <laughs> so you're going <laughs> to... I'm like looking at Brian like, have we covered this? I don't know what I've said in the last hour. Dear listeners, if we have covered this before, bear with us here. We're about to cover it one more time. <laughs> So, if maybe you need your memory refreshed, a bill goes over to the Senate from the House. The House passes a clean version of the bill. Let's say that. The Senate makes some changes to the bill. They send it back to the House. Then what does the House do, Brian? The House has two options. They can vote to concur, which is, okay, Senate, we like your changes. We'll take them. They can say, we are going to vote to not concur. That means, look, we don't really like the changes you made. And that automatically triggers a conference committee. So the Senate bill was sponsored by Senator Sawyer and Senator Johnson. So they shepherd that bill through the Senate, right? Senator Sawyer is the transportation chair. So it makes sense that a motor vehicle bill would be her bill. So when conference committee members are appointed, they'll appoint those two folks and then a couple other folks who may be interested in the bill or had some concerns. On the House side, whoever Senator Sawyer asked to run the bill on the House side will be appointed to the conference committee and maybe some other members who, again, had some concerns or were supportive of the bill. And those folks all go into a room, they look at the differences between the House and the Senate version, and they draft a what we call conference report. It should be noted that those conference committees, while all committees are open to the public, these conference committees are negotiated in private. That's right. So they go behind closed doors and argue about what may be different or just talk through it. Maybe they don't argue and talk through the differences and decide on what they're going to do. So then you see that conference report come to the chambers concurrently. It was on both the Senate and the House floor today. And conference reports, which the budget was, by the way, Mm -hmm. a conference report does not allow for amendments. It's just an up or down vote. And this bill in particular had a lot of commentary on the House floor. Again, 
we were working on different things. We weren't really mm. in tune with what those concerns were. But maybe some people moved others on the floor and it turned out that that vote was even and so it failed. What the speaker then said was, hey, the process here is that we will now vote someone move for reconsideration and then they appointed a new conference committee, which I'm not sure I've ever seen done. I have never seen that done. So if you go to the bill's page, it shows you that it's conference committee two now. So the bill's not dead then. This is a parliamentary procedure that the speaker is using to pump some life back into this bill, even though it failed on the House floor today. I would say that this sort of reconsideration would be easier than a reconsideration of a bill that just plain failed because it goes back to that working committee where they can then iron out maybe those concerns that were talked about on the House floor. And that reconsideration of the conference report did pass 77 to 35. So people were like, yeah, it should probably be nailed out in that conference committee. And then tomorrow we will see it back on the floors. So we had a legislator talk to us after session today. Again, we're not working on this issue, but he was just kind of sharing with us. He said, I went up to the speaker and I said, I'll change my vote to yes, which would make it 56-54 in favor. And the speaker gave him some parliamentary news. If you change your vote and it changes the outcome, he can't accept that change. So... Seems like the easier task, like, hey, I'll I'll go from no to yes, but nope, sorry, you will change the outcome. I'm just going to take this moment here. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to take this moment to say that I think it's really easy for folks to think each chamber knows what's happening going into session. And generally, that's true. But in these last days of session, you don't know what bills are going to pop up, you A lot of folks don't know what they're voting on. If you're just a rank and file member, you see something pop up and you're like, maybe you have some questions about it. And so that can change the outcome of that bill. And I think that's the way things are kind of flowing right now. And we know tomorrow is going to be a full, full day where you could see some more of this just craziness. I think it's also a product of committees have pretty much shut down, not all of them, but pretty much. And, you know, the committees, they're such a great system because not only do you get to kind of vet these things, but the media will cover it. And then you'll go, hey, yeah, there's a bill moving through committee. If we're in regular session, not the last days, you get to go and say, hey, I heard a bill's moving. I got some concerns and those questions get, but you're right. Bills just pop up on that computer screen, and it creates for a lot of questions. Right. We're involved in a bill that I had a legislator say to me today, well, I really wish this could go through the Agriculture Committee, and we could talk about it first. I'm like, yeah, I wish that too, but guess what? That's not the reality we're living in. (laughs) (laughs) And he's talking such common sense. Yeah, we're in the last 24 (laughs) hours, sir. (laughs) We got to deal with what we've got. (laughs) That's right. The process as it's been given to us. Right. And folks are like, oh, this is not how government should work. Like, this is the way. I mean, 
you love to tell everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You've been doing this for, I'm Brian Lewis, and I've been doing years. this for 22 years. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the process has never been pretty in the last days. I mean, I, it's always chaotic. It's always frenetic. A lot of times we talk about the legislature like it's a high school, and it is kind of a high school. And if you think of a high school team of kids who have a group project they're gonna wait until the last minute to do it and that is the way the legislature works and those are just facts folks <laughs> all right Scott. so this is about the time in the podcast where we are in an interview with a legislator and this is one of those weeks <laughs> Where our plans to feature Representative Bobby Hannock fell through, I think for everyone, it fell through for us. Our schedule has just been jam-packed all day and night, and it was jam-packed for him as well. The Do Politics Better podcast is supported by the North Carolina Travel Industry Association. Founded in 1955, NCTIA has a distinguished history of partnering with the North Carolina General Assembly to strengthen and preserve tourism in North Carolina. Visit nctia.travel for more information on how you can support your local tourism destination and the thousands of North Carolina jobs it creates. I have been advocating to Brian. I'm going to toot my own horn for a second. I have been saying, I think this would be a good week for us just to talk. Mm-hmm. We don't need an interview. We have plenty of things that happened. Yeah. And we were going to overview maybe those things with rules chairman. Destin Hall. But he's really busy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're talking to him Tuesday night. He tried to pretend that things were going to be like really casual this yeah. week and he could come in on Wednesday. Yeah, he thought he'd We have... both knew that was not true. Yeah. But we we opened it up. We said, yeah, we'll, we'll go through the week with you. And then... Uh, we're like, if you're going to beg us, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, so Wednesday comes and goes, oh, I don't have time today. Well, he texted me on Wednesday morning and said, like, today's going to be tough. And I was like, I, for one, did not see this coming. I thought it was going to be just a casual day at the legislature. Sir, you're the rules chairman. Yeah. And there are, I think... I heard on another podcast between the two chambers. Did you hear this? No. 1,800 bills sitting in each rules committee. Or collectively, there are 1,800 bills sitting in the two rules committees. Yeah. We were also going to talk to Representative Bobby Hanning. He was he was in the queue, too. We thought, maybe we'll get him in this week. But his schedule just got so out of whack. In fact, we left the General Assembly tonight. He was going into a meeting with the Speaker. So you just got us this week, but I think this has been fun. We've been able to spend a little more time on bills, go through some process. We just hope you're still listening by the time we get to this part of the podcast. (laughs) I don't even know what day it is. (laughs) What's weird, though, is that For the last week of session, I went into this morning, again, it's Thursday night, thinking this is going to be a long day. We're going to be there past midnight. It's going to be a long day. We'll break for dinner. We'll come back. And tomorrow will be better. But instead, (laughs) and this is, (laughs) but instead, tomorrow, aka Friday, is going to be the long day. And what I would say, if Brian and I were talking about something that was going to come up tomorrow, 
we would call that a problem for future, future us. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this morning uh, we were talking again Thursday morning, and <laughs> Sky says, "What are we going to do about the podcast today?" I I said, "I think we should wait until tomorrow." Yeah, today is going to be a long day. Let's wait until tomorrow. And Brian's like, "You know, we have to release it at midnight." Yeah, and. It was like, what, 9, 10 a.m. We said, that's a problem for future us. We'll figure it out this afternoon. And then I think at like 4, I said to you, just so you know, (laughs) it's now current us who has a problem. (laughs) But here we are. It's 8 p.m. We're recording. So future us gets a lot of problems put on them. (laughs) Yeah. We like to do that week by week. Like that's next week's problem. (laughs) (laughs) talk to future sky about that yeah and now we're saying this is next long sessions problem (laughs) (laughs) all right so do we have a tweet of the week for this week sky are you advocating for your tweet to be tweet of the week i'm actually not you know who nominated me for tweet of the week this year this week senator todd johnson nominated you but you know what i'm gonna say i said to you did i not say to you take a picture of this and tweet it you did. So we we will share the tweet. And by the way, thank you, Senator Johnson, for getting Weston's Law over the finish line. We got that done this week, and we so appreciate you. All right. So we're not going to use my tweet. We're not going to use my tweet. We're not going to use... Yeah, you had a great tweet about Travis Fane this week. Yeah. He wears these Hoka running shoes around the General Assembly, and it's just ugly. I yeah. can't... It has... Let's talk about this. Yeah. And by the way, Travis Fain is a reporter, WREL. He covers the General Assembly. Great guy. We love talking to him. But Sky, you know, look, here's what you need to know. If you're hanging out with Sky and you are not properly put together, if you're like the woman today in Senate Rules who is cross-stitching, chances are Sky's going to take a photograph of you, put it on Twitter, Snapchat, somewhere, and she's got something to say. This week, Travis Fain found himself in one of her tweets, and it was a popular tweet. It was popular. A lot of people had some opinions about it, but this is what I'm going to say. Recently, it has become acceptable in the general assembly to wear sneakers with your suits Mm -hmm. i don't do that it's just not okay yeah well travis has on his roku walking shoes (laughs) hooka what is roku (laughs) the television streaming (laughs) service well he is a tv man all right (laughs) support travis travis is in house rules banging out a story on his computer. First of all, <laughs> this is my impression of Travis <laughs> in committee. <laughs> yeah. And so you have to notice him because he's so loud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He's, he's sitting in the chair. He's not even sitting in it right. He's got his legs out to the side. As if he wants to have his photo taken. <laughs> Sky, Sky takes a photo and says, what, what does your tweet say? My tweet says, TV tie on top, running shoes to chase down legislators on bottom. Overall outfit rating, 5 out of 10. <laughs> now we love a rating scale. <laughs> yeah. There were 33 likes of the tweet. 
and lots of replies. A lot of replies. So you were kind of worried that maybe you shouldn't do it. And then I checked in with Travis. I said, hey, Sky put this on Twitter. And he's like, no, she makes me look skinny in this photo. So he was fine with it. He did say that. So we're not going to use that tweet. We're not going to use my tweet, which was of the soda guy. He arrived at the General Assembly. Again, on, my idea to tweet it, but yes, go ahead. thank you, Scott. Go on, off, Queen. On, on Wednesday, <laughs> I think it was Wednesday, the soda guy is replenishing the sodas in the Sine Diner, which is the bodega of the General Assembly. You can go and get a soda, some tuna fish, or a, you know. A, learn some gossip. Learn some gossip. But we were depleted. I mean, the only thing left by Tuesday night, I believe, was Diet Cherry Coke. So I said, some heroes don't wear capes. And A lot it, of people were really into your tweet. Yeah. And Senator Johnson. A, a John- very original thought from Brian Lewis. Senator Johnson, he replied that it, he was nominating it for Tweet of the Week. And by the I'll way- I'll go ahead and say that's because Senator Johnson has an ad- Yes, he does. And it's above an addiction. It's to the point where he checks labels. He wants to know that something is like really fresh for a Diet Coke. And you should get help. (laughs) Well, let me just say, we love you, Senator Johnson. He helped us get Weston's Law passed this week. Great guy. Great senator to work with. Give that man his Diet Cokes all he wants. All right. So let's unveil our Tweet of the Week. One, two, three. Tweet Tweet of the week. The Do Politics Better podcast is sponsored by the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association. Beer and wine distributors in North Carolina are family-owned companies that directly employ more than 5,600 men and women across the state. The North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association works with the General Assembly to develop alcohol policies that ensure fairness in a competitive marketplace and promote responsible behavior. Visit the North Carolina Beer and Wine Wholesalers Association at ncbeerwine.com for more information. This week's Tweet of the Week again goes to <laughs> Senator Todd Johnson. Wow. He is at Todd Johnson in C35. This is a photo, so you're going to have to go to his Twitter. It's a photo of him and Representative Bobby Hannock, as we said, was supposed to be on the podcast this week. And Representative Hannock is known for his wild clothing. Yeah. He looks like he could be a backup singer for The Temptations. Senator Johnson had on a pink, what would you call this, plaid? It, yeah, it looks like a window pane suit that's kind of salmon colored. I think it was pink. Okay, it's pink. Okay, it's pink. <laughs> and he said, lots of questions. Let me be clear. I am not, will not, nor could I ever contend with the legendary Bobby Hannig. He's on hashtag another level. Just bringing smiles with my flamingos, aka pink, to the NCGA as we approach the end. Looking good. <laughs> <laughs> Little Easter egg there for Senator Devier. <laughs> Thanks for passing my bill. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, So we get through Friday. It looks like we're adjourning both chambers on Friday. There was a rumor at the beginning of the week that maybe... It wasn't a rumor. The speaker said it. Yeah. It's not a rumor if he says it. But that's been pulled back a little bit. He said he doesn't think that we will have to be here on Saturday, but 
we'll see how things shake out. Yeah. Yeah. And then most of us are taking off next week. We've heard legislators talk about they're going on vacation. Senator Raven has a trip planned somewhere. But it will be nice next week to have a reprieve from the General Assembly. But do not worry. We will still report the news. (laughs) As we see it. Yeah. (laughs) Which is hilariously. (laughs) And um, Brian and I will both be at Carolina Beach. Uh Today's my mom's birthday. If you didn't wish my mom a happy birthday today, you're dead to me. (laughs) (laughs) If she listened to the podcast, I would wish her a happy birthday. She probably will listen on her airplane ride tomorrow. So. so we'll be in Carolina Beach next week. We are going to record the podcast once again from Carolina Beach. And I think we're going to have some special guests. Yeah. Maybe George W. Bush is vacationing Returning. again this week in yeah. Carolina Beach. It's weird that he has such an affinity for Carolina Beach, mm-hmm. but I don't blame him. You like it there. You have a beach house. I have to work day and night to support Brian's beach house there. <laughs> So maybe an appearance by President Bush. We're going to relax, have some fun, record the podcast. Title ball champions. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, yeah. If you haven't looked into title ball, maybe read up on it. We've had at least one legislator tell us that he is going to be in nearby Curry Beach. And I think we're going to connect with him some, maybe get him into the title ball game. This will be fun. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, too. I'm excited to see my parents, who I have not seen in over half a year, Mm. six months. So, and as y'all know, Brian and I can't be separated, so we will be together. (laughs) Yeah, we we do an entire session together, and then we vacation. People look at us like we're weird. You know, I have to tell you, so today, I was sitting outside the house chamber to talk to someone, and majority leader bell comes up to me and he's like where's brian i haven't seen him all day and i said oh we had to split up (laughs) and he said a divorce (laughs) (laughs) no i had to go to the senate (laughs) (laughs) spoken like a senate person yeah i'm a total senate person i love the senate the senate's been great to us this session that's true yeah It's been real. It's been fun. And it's also been real fun at times. So thanks for listening. We appreciate all of y'all listening, sharing it with people, laughing along with us, quoting the podcast back to us. It's been a really fun adventure that we've been on with everyone at the NCGA. And we really appreciate y'all's support this next week. Take some time off. Go on your trip with your family. Enjoy whatever you're doing. And during that time, maybe skip the politics. And if politics does come up, remember to do politics better. All right. (laughs) We're wild. This is crazy. We're 59 minutes into this podcast, (laughs) and I don't know if we have anything worth saving. (laughs)